From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, January 20th. The number of people experiencing homelessness is in sharper focus as the winter sets in. But mayors in our region say they lack funding to address the problem. The Mountain West News Bureau's Robin Vincent reports. Only 4% of Western mayors say they have a lot of control in tackling homelessness. That's according to a new survey by Boston University. Many mayors also say police have at least some influence over their homelessness policies. Survey co-author Catherine Levine Einstein says that can be a problem. All too often, Even when the stated policy is one of harm reduction, it can devolve into punitive interactions when we staff those kinds of policymaking functions with the police. The majority of mayors said they valued police perspectives on homelessness above the views of formerly unhoused people or those currently without shelter. Einstein says this traces back to the lack of funding and hence lack of control mayors feel they have over the crisis. One solution, she says, is investing more in social services that can work directly with unhoused people. I'm Robin Vincent. In Grand County, Trish Hedin says she and her fellow commissioners need to do more to address homelessness in the community. In addition to her role on the county commission, Hedin chairs the local homeless council. During a meeting Tuesday, she said the county should invest in organizations providing crisis services like the Moab Valley Multicultural Center and Moab Solutions. The reality is we have serious issues with affordable housing. We currently are facing these mass evictions and the collateral damage of that is homelessness. And these are the people that are on the forefront of fighting that. And we as a commission, as a county, need to be supporting them. Hedin says she's working on a proposal for local transitional housing. According to local homeless council data, over 50 people are actively receiving services related to homelessness and housing instability every month in Moab. I think the the biggest takeaway, honestly, that I would like the the commission to understand is that this is a community-wide problem. Rihanna Medina, executive director of the Moab Valley Multicultural Center. Her organization has been working hard to find housing solutions for people recently evicted due to redevelopment. This isn't just for one nonprofit or the domestic violence shelter to take on. We need to work together to address homelessness. It's not going away. And Medina says it's causing poor health outcomes for the community. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services shows that housing instability and homelessness leads to higher blood pressure, psychological distress, and higher rates of suicide. When local Ross High was forced to leave his home along Cane Creek Boulevard this month, he called the eviction almost life-threatening. High has serious health conditions, and the added stress of housing instability was excruciating. It's almost life-threatening. You know, my health's not well enough at all. I got have to take heart pressure pills, and, and I'm 67 years old. Like I said, living with about five major disabilities, and the stress factor is off the chart. If you don't have a place to live, how can you concentrate on your own health. Medina again. We just, we need more places to live for sure. And especially affordable housing, creating a health crisis. County commissioners suggested having a joint meeting with the city council on these issues in the near future. 
The Ute Mountain Ute Tribe of southwest Colorado is turning to solar generation to provide cheap electricity for its members and infrastructure. But the tribe also has solar ambitions that go beyond the community level. As Rocky Mountain Community Radio's Lucas Brady Woods reports, they include generating solar power that can be sold for a profit. Driving along a gravel road on the Ute Mountain Ute Reservation, it's easy to see why the landscape is a good place to generate solar power. It's the high desert of southwest Colorado, which means there's a lot of open space and bright sunlight. In one of those wide open spaces, a valley at the base of Ute Mountain, is the tribe's main solar project. Scott Clough is the Ute Mountain Ute's Director of Environmental Programs. It's a way to save electricity dollars. We even created our own little microgrid here. The project is made up of rows of solar panels that cover about four and a half acres of former alfalfa fields. Since it went online in 2020, it's provided electricity to the main town on the reservation, Toyok. Klo says it helps power homes, governmental buildings, and the tribe's casino. He also says the project is just the beginning. This project is that stepping stone to get the tribal membership to uh, embrace this technology and what it can do for the tribe. There are two other community-level Ute Mountain Ute solar projects in the works. One of them will be similar to the Toyok solar project, but will serve another community. White Mesa. Another smaller scale project will provide power to a housing facility. But the tribe also hopes solar can offer economic benefits beyond just providing supplemental electricity by providing power that can be sold outside the tribe for a profit. We're looking at how to replace those many millions of dollars that once came to the tribe through oil and gas with renewable energy. The Ute Mountain Utes have been in the oil and gas business for over 70 years, and historically it made up a large portion of the tribe's economy. But that revenue has been declining for a long time. According to Klo, that decline, combined with increasing pressure from climate change, pushed the tribe to move towards a clean energy economy instead. Archie House Jr. is vice chairman of the tribe's council and is also involved in the renewable energy team. He says replacing the revenue lost from the oil and gas industry is really about investing back into the community. A lot of our revenue that uh, comes from this uh, commercial status here will be focused back into the community to help the individual member, whether it's with food, services, or um, infrastructure, that will actually um, boost up the community to a level to where we once seen with our oil and gas funding. But the commercial project is still in its early stages, and tribal leadership is proceeding carefully with its development. One important step, for example, is making sure the community is on board. House says tribal leadership plans to involve the public through surveys and presentations about the projects. That will help people understand that investing in renewable energy isn't just about making money. The solar and renewable is more of a clean type of um, history that will leave for our future generations here. It's better to be part of the answer than going off in an, another direction to where it may not be something good for our future. And House says community members are already noticing changes to the climate, like warming temperatures and less water. Aliette Frank is a lecturer in the Environmental and Climate Institute at Fort Lewis College. Her work focuses on climate change and tribal communities in the Four Corners region. It's particularly important in the Southwest because if you bring in the idea of environmental justice, 
a lot of these populations are the ones that are hardest hit by changing climate. She also hopes the Ute Mountain Ute solar projects can go beyond their own people and serve as an example for others who can also invest in renewables. Back on the Ute Mountain Ute Reservation, Scott Clough agrees. Just the magnitude of potential for renewable energy in Indian country across the United States could put tribes ahead of the rest of the nation and quite frankly, a leader in the world coming from Indian country. And that's profound. But he also says at the end of the day, Ute Mountain Ute renewable energy projects aren't about standing out as a leader. They're about making sure the needs of the tribe's people are met well into the future. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Toyak, Colorado. This story is part of a Rocky Mountain Community Radio reporting collaboration on the transition away from fossil fuels. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, January 20th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.